Welcome to the Pokes Cast. I'm Ryan Thorburn, the Wyoming beat writer for the Casper Star Tribune. And as I hit record on this episode, I think we're about 75 hours from kicking off Wyoming's football season at Illinois. And that will be a historic day in the broadcast booth because Wyoming has a new play-by-play voice for Cowboy football. And that young man joins me right now, Reese Monaco. Reese, congratulations, first of all. And what's your excitement level right now? Uh, Obviously, you know the tradition of this position and you've worked at Wyoming for a while, but kind of what's your mood right now going into this week zero thing? Well, it's uh, excited. Uh, I'm I'm not so sure about how young uh, you're talking about. But, you know, it's it, there's obviously some nerves there, Ryan. You mentioned, uh, you know, there's, there's a long history with guys. It was Larry Berleffi for years and uh, Dave Walsh, who, who, you know, for nearly 40 years uh, did this. And you know, I'm stepping into to that role and uh, the excitement and nerves and all of that around. But the good thing about it is, is that I got a guy who's been – doing this for years standing next to me to do these games with Kevin McKinney and uh, that will certainly be a calming factor having his knowledge his expertise and uh, his just his the way he handles himself standing there uh, helping me out a little bit so yeah I'm I'm just looking I can't tell you how how anxious I am I guess is to finally get this behind me yeah, when you look at the the history of it, it's really mind-boggling. Really, since the end of World War II, you had Larry Berleffi. Obviously, he was a famous columnist in Cheyenne as well as, as the radio side. You know, when I was in school, you know, obviously, uh, I wish I would have picked his brain because he was sitting there in the press box, you know, just sitting there. And uh, when you're a young kid, you maybe don't realize the the institutional knowledge that was just sitting there. And then, obviously, Dave Walsh was the the voice for, you know, a lot of Wyoming people's childhood and their kids' childhood. And uh, now you're taking over. And and I think what's cool is you already know all that history and you've worked with Dave and Kevin. So it's not like, you know, they hired some guy from New York City who's like, oh, I don't know what this is all about. Like, <laughs> when did you kind of realize or first become familiar with Dave and Kevin? Well, when I first got to uh, Laramie in the University of Wyoming, when I was, that was my first experience with Wyoming athletics was was listening to uh, Dave and Kevin do games and just uh, how good they were and how they brought the brought the game to everybody and just you know they that was my first overall experience with Wyoming athletics with Wyoming sports and I tell you what if you're gonna if that's gonna be your first brush with it you might as well have a, a brush with greatness because that's what those two guys are and and you talk about institutional knowledge with Larry Berleffi and Dave and Kevin I mean those guys have forgotten more about Wyoming athletics Ryan than than I will ever know about Wyoming athletics so uh, it's a it's a it's a big step. It's uh, going to be a learning experience on the fly. Is it going to be perfect? Absolutely not. But we're going to. I'm going to try to do the best I can, and hopefully that will be enough. When you were a kid, is broadcasting something you were interested in, or was it something you discovered? You know, maybe out Wyoming. Well, I was always. Uh, I always loved listening to the guys do their games uh, that were uh, on TV and on the radio as well. But when I first got to Wyoming, it was one of those things where I wanted to kind of choose a career in sports. 
and there really is not a lot of demand for a, a short, slow guy my size in the sports world. And this was the only way that I could really figure out how I could be around sports. And th that's kind of why I gravitated this way. I, you know, I know a lot of sports writers like yourself may have thought the same thing. You just want to be around sports, but just didn't have the... And I'm not saying you didn't, Ryan, but uh, I know I didn't have the ability to continue it past the high school level, but I wanted to be around it. And this is how I could do that. Yeah, you know what? Looking back, I wish I would have spent my youth in, in film rooms learning to become a coach, given the, the salaries of assistant coaches <laughs> these days. But yeah, I was like, OK, I love sports. You know, I'm pretty good at writing. Let's mesh those two together and become a sports writer. And, you know, even though, you know, journalism and the newspaper industry are, are in trouble these days or it feels that way, you know, it's one of those deals where, you know, it doesn't feel like work. And that's kind of the job I've always wanted is it doesn't feel like work. And I, I'm sure you feel the same way, although I'm sure it's going to be a, a little more stressful for you now being the play-by-play -play guy. But it, it, it's something you're passionate about, isn't it, Reese? Yeah, it is. It certainly is. And uh, I always tell people, you know, it beats working for a living doing what I do. And because uh, I don't consider it a job. I mean, it's a it's a passion and something that I thoroughly enjoy doing each and every day that I look forward to. And, you know, and uh, hopefully again, I mean, there's a you mentioned it, a generation and maybe more of a generation, two generations of people listened and you know cut their teeth on wyoming athletics with uh, with dave walsh and that's gonna be a, you just don't replace that right <laughs> and that's why i i hope with the years that i spent doing cowgirl basketball and the last two years doing the men's basketball that there is uh a little bit of uh familiarity there and that will help people help the transition a little bit more it's not like it's not a new voice it's a voice that that they have known over the last 18 years if they listen to cowgirl basketball or wyoming basketball and on the sidelines during football so maybe that will help things make it a little bit easier for people yeah i was going to mention you cover you uh did the cowgirls for a long time and i'm sure you grew along with that program as it really came into a, a prominent program in the mountain west you know, I remember when I was working in Boulder and, you know, covering football, you always cover a lot of women's basketball. And obviously Seal Berry was a big deal back then. And and I remember listening when I saw that Wyoming fans were getting excited about the Cowgirls. I listened to your broadcast, uh, probably on one of those old radios you walked around with, with headphones, not the iPhone at that time. But I remember listening to your broadcast of the Wyoming Cowgirls WNIT game against Kansas State, and that had to be an all-timer. Just what are, what were some of your favorite memories of of that era? Just covering the Cowgirls as the play-by-play -play guy. Well, that was I think you just hit the top spot. I mean, you know, everybody they, they played Wisconsin in the championship game, but that game wasn't uh, near what you know. That game was over before it started because Wisconsin came out and there's 15,000 Wyoming fans there. Uh, but that Kansas State game was just absolutely incredible. Triple overtime and Ustana baking that shot in. There was a game against CSU that it was just a regular season game. And the Cowgirls were down, I don't know, by about five with just a few seconds left. Tipped an inbound pass. 
made a three, and they ended up winning the game in the final seconds. That, to me, was another one of them. And then going back to Kansas State, when the Cowgirls were out in Manhattan, they took the lead on a very good K-State team, and then K-State throws in a half-court shot that beat the Cowgirls. That's a that's kind of another one that just sticks out in my head. And then obviously, uh, you know, as you mentioned, when, when Dave stopped doing basketball a couple of years ago as the play-by-play guy, you – uh, started that uh, transition. How big a transition is it from Cowgirls, where a lot of the games you didn't have a co- color analyst, to the men's side, where you have Kevin, who is you know the ultimate you know uh, color analyst for Wyoming. Just how was that transition working with someone like Kevin? Oh, it was great. I mean i i had the uh, I had the pleasure of uh, in just uh, doing basketball at Wyoming, Ryan, working with two Hall of Famers, uh, Margie McDonald. She, uh, you know, she's I guess you could say the the mother of cowgirl basketball and uh, a Hall of Famer in her own right, and uh, Kevin, the Hall of Famer. It was great working with those two guys, and then the transition to Kevin, who has done it for so many years Uh, he i'm not gonna say he held my hand uh, to start this thing but you know we kind of jumped into that thing and uh, there was a little bit of chemistry right there between kevin and i once we started broadcasting those basketball games and that was an absolute blast right and football is the ultimate broadcast sport that's why all these teams get these media right deals because there's a play and there's there's a chance to go over the play or make a comment or and then there's another play. It's it's got a nice flow to it. How do you think that'll go with you and Kevin on the football side to to get this broadcasting thing going on that side? I think it'll go just fine. Um, and uh, he is uh, he is so good at the job he does. He knows when to talk. He knows when to stop, and uh, he knows what he's looking for as far as adding the color. Uh, you know, Kevin pays a lot of attention to the as the play by play guy. You know, right watching the ball and uh, seeing where it's at and trying to keep track of that. But Kevin pays a lot of attention to what's going on on the interior with the line and the blocking. And and uh, he does an outstanding job of, of bringing that portion uh, of the game to the listener. And now with every game, either online or on TV, you know, you, people can see for themselves for the most part. But I think it's still our responsibility to, to you know, to uh, to bring them that part of the game. Yeah, the action is one, but to actually take people inside like Kevin does, and he's incredible at that. Yeah, I think you're still going to have, you know, the hunters out there or, you know, the guy at the lake or something. There's going to be a large amount of people, and even a lot, I'm guessing a lot of people in Wyoming don't get the Big Ten Network. I think there are a lot of people that still count on radio in Wyoming to paint the picture for them, and you know, I think a lot of fans are going to need a roster this year, obviously, with with so much turnover and such a young team. Just uh, kind of what are your impressions of this Cowboy team just based on being around them some and, and kind of studying up on their fall camp and what they've got going on this year? The youth definitely stands out and uh, just the new names um, in uh, just – how they're going to adapt. I mean, we've been hearing for a couple of years now how the Cowboy offense is trying to, you know, 
I be more balanced and more you know, more of a controlled passing attack. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. But depth is certainly going to be an issue, especially at wide receiver with the Gunner Gentry going down. And then, you know, running back, let's just knock on wood and pray that nothing happens to Titus Swin. But uh, the, the youth of this team is going to be on display early. And I'm just kind of looking forward to see how they grow and how they develop and just, and they all fit into their roles. And if the chemistry is there and the chemistry is going to be better than what appeared to be an issue last year after that 4-0 start and things just started tailing off, hopefully there's going to be the leadership there that will keep this team together and keep them tight and that's what I want to see. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure Craig would like to be at home for the first game, but they're at Illinois, and I'm sure you'd like to be in the booth at War Memorial Stadium where you're comfortable, but you're going out on the road for your first broadcast. Just what are you expecting uh, in that first game? I think if you're going to draw a Power 5 opponent, you know, I think Illinois is on the right track, but they're not a finished product yet. I think uh, this is a, a winnable Big Ten game for Wyoming if they – uh, don't make too many of those youthful mistakes that that you're talking about. Yeah, and this is a, a, a Illinois team, Ryan, that's also kind of in a transition. You know, when Coach Bielman got there, everybody thought it was just going to be Wisconsin South and they were going to play power football, which is what they want to do. I mean, they're a Big Ten team, and that's probably what they're going to do with the Cowboys. But Texas San Antonio beat them last year so what did Billman do he went out and hired their guy he brought in uh, their guy to be their offensive coordinator and they're going to try to pick up the pace pick up the tempo a little bit and go a little bit faster than that three count three yards in a cloud of dust than uh, they were last year in his first year and you know try to transition away a little bit from that Wisconsin game that everybody got used to so that's going to be a thing how quickly they're going to adapt to their new style and there's obviously going to be some growing pains with that for Illinois yeah you wonder you know they haven't named a quarterback Wyoming hasn't named quarterback I think we all know who the quarterbacks are probably going to be you know I think it's going to be Andrew Peasley and then I think it's going to be Tommy DeVito their Syracuse transfer but yeah that'll be interesting do they really stick with the roadrunners high tempo spread highly successful offense or do they have the pieces to do that do they in the end of the day go back to their bread and butter the running game which you know Wyoming is going to lean on heavily they're not going to pretend they're not going to do that so uh if both teams are able to to execute what the head coach is like uh, this could be a quick ball game well you know what running the ball is in Beelman's DNA and running the ball is in coach Bull's DNA you're right they're not going to go too far away from that at all and if you're when you're the Illini and you got two really good running backs like Chase Brown and uh, and Josh McCray you know you put the ball in their hands and you let them go they do have an outstanding receiver though in Isaiah Williams so they're going to try to get the ball into his hands as well but they're not going to it's not going to be run and shoot it's going to be line up and knock the Cowboys off the ball is what this game is probably going to come down to yeah yeah, I mean, you were you know on the ground reporting as as the sideline guy. You knew Sean Chambers and and Levi Williams quite well. They're both great guys, and the team their teammates loved them. But 
I mean, let's face it, Wyoming's passing game needs to be more efficient. I think Andrew Peasley has a chance to do that. Uh, hopefully, Tim Polisek's second year, they will let him do that. But how do you just see the Wyoming passing game? I mean, it doesn't need to be uh, Utah State's passing game. It just needs to be efficient like Wyoming was against Utah State. Just how do you see Wyoming's offense this year evolving? Yeah. You know what? I, I wish they could bottle that Utah State game and just uh, replay and hit rinse and repeat all season long. But there's one big missing piece to that, and that's a guy named Isaiah Nayor, who just uh, he he a lot. And I mean, think about this: a lot of catches he made were not great throws, right? He just flat went up and made a play and made a catch. Um, a and part of the efficiency. And the passing percentage was, you know, the Cowboys took shots downfield that just didn't connect. You know what? If it's there, go for it. But the the short controlled passing game, um, you know, I think back to some of those San Francisco 49ers team, Joe Montana, the, the West Coast offense, if that's what you want to call it. That's what I would kind of like to see them do with, uh, with Peasley, especially early, just short passing game, move the change, keep the ball in your hands. And that's going to be the biggest key for the team in this game is if they can move the chains and just stay out on the field and keep their defense off so they don't have to go lean up against that big offensive line for Illinois. Yeah, the strength of the team may be the tight end room with Marcotte and Traden Welch and Parker Christensen. The list goes on. This may be the year we finally see those guys not only blocking for Titus Swin, but you know, making those easier catches, the little bootleg rollouts for Peasley. I think that would be, uh, you know, from my uh, backseat coaching position, that would be a good move. Oh, I think it would too. And we've been hearing about wanting to use the tight end for a couple of years. And, you know, putting Parker, you mentioned Parker Christensen. And I, I remember that kid from Sheridan High School and just what he would do to uh, at the high school level. And, you know, they have him at fullback, but technically but he's a guy they throw out in the h-back he can go catch passes he is an incredible athlete and if they can get the ball in his hands more often and utilize him a little bit more with those tight ends it'll open a lot of things up it'll open up the short passing game it'll open up the running game because they just the teams aren't just going to be able to stack the box like they have in the past against the cowboys using the tight end has been a rallying cry for about two years for cowboy fans and it would be nice to see that. Obviously, defensively, you know, they were hit hard by the portal in addition to Chad Muma getting drafted and, and Garrett Crawl moving on as a super senior. But I get the sense that Jay Savell really likes these young guys, and that's not going to be an issue. Uh, I, he definitely thinks they're going to be better on the back end. And I think they did do a nice job, you know, adding transfers to Corey Hawkins and Daron Harrell at corner to make up for – losing Azizi and CJ. I'm starting to get a little concerned with the defensive end situation, though, given how excited they were about Sebastian Harsh and now not having him, not having Keelan Cox as a developmental rotational guy. You know, I'm a little concerned about defensive end, but overall I think the youth movement could be good for this team. Just how do you feel about the defense going into week zero? Well, you know, it's it's hard to replace a third-round draft pick. Uh, you know, Easton Gibbs is a guy that's gotten a lot of playing time. He was second in the lay, uh, you know, in for the Cowboys in tackles last year, making the transition to being the 
the Mike, the middle linebacker. I think, you know, you, you, you can't compare him to Muma or Logan Wilson here in his first year. That just wouldn't be fair considering how good those guys were. But I think he's going to be okay. Bertinoli and Goodbo, uh, they're going to anchor the middle of that. And, you know, hopefully somebody emerges as a, as a defensive end. Nobody knew who Carl Granderson was when he stepped in. He was just that tall, skinny dude, and now he's playing in the NFL. He certainly emerged and developed as the years went on. And, you know, why? Wyoming is a developmental program, Brian. You're not going to have a lot of guys that you get out of high school that are just going to step right in and make a big difference and make an impact. They got to develop those guys. And, you know, hopefully throughout the season that will happen. Getting pressure is going to be huge because the Cowboys just didn't do that on opposing teams last year. And the team quarterbacks were just able to sit back and throw the ball all over the field. Getting pressure is going to be huge. And it starts with those defensive ends. And I, I have the same questions that you have about that. Well, that's the beauty of uh, week zero is we get to find out all these things and 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 learn a little lot about Wyoming this week. Um, I got to ask you, obviously, when you think of Dave Walsh, you think of the score, oh, the score, or touchdown Cowboys, or where you were when certain games were unfolding. You know, I remember I was, you know, on a on an athletic trip uh, in high school when that Air Force game happened down in the Springs where they scored 28 in the fourth quarter. I remember that call specifically from Dave, Dave and Kevin. I remember, uh, I remember when I was a little kid, like a triple overtime basketball game at Fort Collins. Uh, you kind of remember those things about Dave and, and fortunately Kevin's still rolling on here, but do you have any signature calls in the back of your mind or is that just something that have, has to happen organically for you. I think, Brian, I think it's just something that just has to happen. If you yeah. try to, you know, I, my feeling is if you try to have something in your pocket, then it comes off as forced. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't want that to be that way. I just uh, want to go. And uh, if it's, if it, if it sounds good, then, you know, I'll keep doing it. Yeah. Hopefully there's a lot of chances for me to say touchdown for the Cowboys, but I don't have any of those and if it, uh, if it if it happens, it happens. And you know what? I'll, maybe if it's a huge win, I'll just say, Dave, I'm going to steal one from you for this one. Who knows? But uh, those are going to retire with the king. And uh, and that is Dave. So we'll see how we'll see how it goes again. It's I, I just want to try to bring in as best as I can and make it my own. And and, you know, I, you're never going to get out of the shadow. The shadow is a big shadow. Those are some big shoes. And uh, that uh, hopefully I, I will just be able to grow a little bit uh, in that shadow. Hey, listen, you look great and you sound great. And you gave us a little health scare at the first four out in, out in Dayton. Um, are you doing well? And, and, and how scary was that situation? Well, it was, it was pretty scary, Ryan, considering that I didn't know what was happening. You know, I just, I, I just got sick and thought I had caught a bug or something at dinner. And when I got back, uh, you know, we flew back. I mean, they, they, had, they had to take me off the air. Um, you know, people thought there was a rumor going around that I may have been drunk. Uh, you know, I, right? I wish I was drunk. Let's right. just put it that. That would have been um, more fun. <laughs> But when I got home, uh, 
found out some crazy news. And I was told by a couple of doctors that I was incredibly fortunate to be where I was in the condition that I was in. And, you know, I, I don't know how many people are aware of what happened, but uh, I was told by doctors I had a massive stroke while I was out there. And, you know, this is uh, five and a half months maybe afterwards. I'm going to be doing this game out in Champaign with the Kevin for my first football game. And uh, like I said, is it going to be perfect? No, but I'm going to do what I can. And it, it, it also just goes to show that, you know what, if you somebody does – suffer something like that the road to the road to recovery is there and uh, you know if i can do anything ryan uh, i would like to hold myself up as an example for some of those people just to show them and and just to do the job well i think I, it's a great story how it turned out obviously uh, you know we wish it didn't happen but i'm sure it was gutty not only that you had you know a physical health scare but that you know Wyoming had not been in the ncaa terminal for a while. And that was kind of a big game for you to call that you weren't able to, but uh, you know, college football's here. We all love it. And it's going to be a great season and, and all that. But uh, come November, there's something else going on that you're going to be heavily involved with. Just before I get you out of here, how excited are you about the Jeff Linder program and what's on tap for this 22, 23 season? Well, I have, there hasn't been this much excitement around Cowboy basketball in a long time. And, um, you know, being able to be around those guys, Jeff Linder, uh, you know, Ken DeWeese, Sundance Wicks, Coach Rogers in there, and watching how they conduct themselves during practice and how they expect the highest level out of their guys. And it doesn't matter who you are. They expect it, and they will let the guys know about it. So I am really excited uh, with the additions, you know, addition by subtraction with uh, the transfers going to the portal. And I, if Graham E.K. can take that next step, Graham E.K. is going to be frightening good. And he, it, it's not going to be – he doesn't have to take a huge step, but if he can take a next step – it is going to be an absolute pleasure watching him grow as a basketball player throughout this season again. Yeah, he. I think he's special. I think uh, when I was in school, and I think probably around the same time you were in school, I just remember thinking how special Reggie Slater was and then Theo Ratliff and some of those guys. You can kind of tell early on, I think Graham's in that category, and I think he has a better uh, supporting cast than those guys have. <laughs> yeah, he's he is there. And the, the, just his, his physical tools are absolutely amazing. And, you know, you mentioned Reggie Slater and, you know, there's only one Jersey that's hanging in the rafters and that's Kenny sailors. And, you know, if there was to be and another cowboy name number retired, uh, I would probably put Reggie Slater's number maybe at the top of that list. Yeah, he was uh, the best rebounder I've ever seen. He was Wyoming's Charles Barkley, I think. Yeah. That right. was a great, yeah, those are fun. Those are fun teams. That was a fun time back there, right? Now you're showing our age. I know. <laughs> I mean, you had Tim Bro. You had all these NBA guys and, and no whack championship to show for it. So it was it was entertaining, though, that's for sure. It was. Listen, Reese, I really appreciate your time, and I'm so glad that uh, you're in the position you're in and carrying on that tradition. And 
good luck on Saturday in Champagne. It should be a good one. Well, thank you, Ryan. It's great to have you back as well. You know, I know you you and uh, did your time out in the Pacific Northwest, but it is it's awesome having you back because you do absolutely incredible work. And I know we got to get going here, but you brought it up about the newspaper business and even the radio when we were talking about that. And I don't I hope people don't, you know, forget just how important local journalism and local media really is to what's going on if you want to find out about the cowboys or whatever it is that's happening in their local committee communities so you know what it's it's a it plays a huge role and i hope that people still remember that well you're speaking to the choir so make sure you <laughs> go to trib.com and check out all my coverage and uh definitely tune in to kfbc on saturday or wherever you are in the wyoming radio network footprint and check reese out and uh kevin mckinney and, and good luck my friend i i really appreciate your time and and uh, look forward to seeing you in champagne all right thanks ryan good talking to you anytime you need me just let me know well you know i don't do as